Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. All right, we have a lot going on. Quick programming audible. Nick Shuley and Setlist ATX, the uh, president of the, uh, the Austin Music Movement, normally at 930. He's going to jump on here in about ten minutes, five minutes, and uh, give us the update because he's got he got to be somewhere. That's, man, that's, that's all right. We'll, uh, we'll get to nine thirty and get the Rod's second rant of this Wednesday morning as we get you up over the hump. Several people pointed out that we said three world wars. She's seen two world wars, but multiple other wars. This hundred and sixteen year old lady, she's about to be. We could be in about headed to a third Rod with all that's happening around hope, the world I, right I, now. I hope not. I do too. I hope not. But uh, we've got we've got a lot of saber rattling. We, ought to, we have a war in Ukraine. We do have a war in Gaza, you know, and things of that nature. But uh, not, trending in a, in a bad direction as far as that goes. Uh, I hope that's not the case. I do too. Yeah. Um, all right, Rod. You had a, a before we talk to Nick, who's ready to roll with the setlist ATX, the best live music in Austin, Texas, including some huge shows at the Moody Center this weekend. It's starting to pick back up for live music, usually January because of the weather and just out of the new year, a little bit slower. But uh, here into February, it's going to uh, ratchet up, and Nick's got all the uh, the best spots. You had some some Patrick Mahomes audio you wanted to play, which was intriguing. Uh, well, Patrick Mahomes is trying to set the record straight. Justin Tucker, uh, you played the audio that he claims that he always, uh, you know, basically this is always the warms up. Skirmish. He always warms up right there, you know, outside of the end zone for the Ravens at home games, and that the altercation, you know, if you want to call it that, kind of a passive aggressive altercation between he, Patrick Mahomes, and, and Travis Kelsey, where Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes kept moving his kicking tee as he kept trying to place his kicking tee, and they'd move it, and he'd place it there, and they'd move it and throw it to the side. Uh, he claims that he always does that, and that they were kind of interfering with his routine. Well, Patrick Mahomes has another side to the same story. Uh, so, Ty, dial up that audio of Patrick Mahomes. Here it is. I've had like seven years of, of kind of doing that same warm-up routine, and there's only been, a, I think, like three occasions where there's been a kicker that wasn't uh, – because uh, you usually talk to the guys, there's been a kicker that wasn't necessarily moving out the way or you, you weren't kind of sharing the field um, in the right way. And, I mean, it was in Baltimore all three times. So, um, <laughs> I, he does that little stuff, I think, to try to get under our skin. And I asked him to move his stuff, and he, and he got up and moved it, I think, two inches. Um, but, but didn't move it out of the way, and I, I, I was going to kind of let it slide, but Travis kind of got it and moved it for me, and then after that I wasn't going to let him put it back down. So it's, it's something that we, we move on. I mean, I have a lot of respect for him as a player and as a kicker, um, one of the best kickers of all time, probably the best kicker of all time, but at the same time you got to have respect for each team, and we all share the field, and we, we try to do that in a respectful way. There you go. There so you go. He's saying uh, Justin Tucker always does that. That he's he's a little instigator. Yeah. I know. So I think Justin Tucker is kind of an instigator with that. I do. I think he's doing it on purpose. And then he, he we played his sound yesterday. He's like, I don't know why we were talking about this. This yeah. isn't a big deal. He, he is an instigator. Can you look at it? Why is his T at the one yard line? Yeah. What's he doing? <laughs> Why is your tee at the water the two yard? What are you doing? Are you kicking ten yard field goals? You never kick there. Just, and I, I respect Justin because he is a goat, and I love that he's doing it because he's just doing it to play mind games. But then he's like, "I'm a kicker. I'm cool. I'm, I, I'll be able to, uh, you know, I'll be composed and I can control my emotions." But I may get these guys riled up, and yeah, he's just doing it to mess with them. And I, you know what? I respect it. He's a kicker, man. He's, he's a goat. He can do that. But it, it. it's definitely Justin Tucker instigating it. Come on, why is his why is he kicking tee on the one yard line? Yeah, why? That's... 
He never will do that. There, that's what he's done for 12 years, right? There's, there's a long snapper that's there that's going to snap it back to him. You're not going to be kicking from the two-yard line. You're doing that to mess with people. Uh-huh. And I support it. And it worked. It worked. And it, did work. it didn't work for your team, though, because it got everybody mad and your team played out of control. But <laughs> that's true. Either way. Blow hey, um, real quick before we get to Nick, I had this in, in, uh, off the record because it bears – it's a story you got to hear. Because we know there are bad days and then there are really bad days, right? We just had the story of the 116-year-old lady mm. who's going to celebrate a birthday. That's wild. A 60-year-old woman in New Hampshire is lucky to be alive today. woman had apparently fallen into her, mm. to a dumpster, <laughs> trash dumpster, while throwing away her trash on Monday night. And somehow she got stuck in there. And while she was in there, she, the, the trash truck came and emptied the dumpster into the trash truck and began compacting. How did she get stuck in the trash can? She fell That's, in it? This is what the investigation is trying to uncover. Did she bang her head and you know, got knocked out? Was She's it icy or old. something out there? I don't know. Slippery? I don't know how you fall in a dumpster. Uh, it was outside her apartment. She was trying to throw out a bag of trash. Officials haven't said how long she was stuck she in the dumpster. She fell in a dumpster. Yeah, that's bad enough. I, was say, I don't know how you do it. You have to be climbing on top of the dumpster to fall in it, right? Yeah, I would think. Or I, I, Too much, too many questions. <laughs> but it did happen. Uh, the truck emptied the dumpster, and right as this happened, tr- tr- truck pulls up, puts the dumpster in it with her in it, and began compacting four times until the driver saw an inter- saw her on an internal camera and called nine one one. Oh my God! So is she, is she okay? She's alive today. That's amazing. The truck has a monitor that allows the driver to see the truck, and, and the driver said sometimes there are raccoons and other things that we, we <gasps> don't want to squ- – and so we can see it. Wow. But the woman uh, – the, the, he wasn't the only one that wow. noticed it, though. Neighbors could hear her screaming inside the truck. Yeah, but the, those trucks are loud. I know. Yeah, it's hard one to One witness hear. told the news that she sounded like she was in agony. Yeah. Firefighters showed up. I'm being her. crushed alive. <laughs> yes. That, that, was, that sounds like among the worst ways to go. That's, that's that very sounds high. like one of the worst ways to go. Getting, getting done, anything alive is bad. <laughs> crushed alive, burned alive, anything like that. It's like, no, nah, that's bad. Nah, I'm good. Suffocated. So I'm trying like, to, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm like trying drowned to, would be yeah, bad. Yeah, but hey, crushed alive. She was taken to the hospital because wow. they brought an ambulance, or excuse me, fire truck, and they, they got the basket and lifted her out of there. Got 30 minutes to get her out, and um, this is all according to WMUR in Boston. Um, she's okay, though. She's she's in the hospital. That's remarkable. Serious condition, but she's going to live. That could have been going so. That could have been going wrong in so many ways. He said he compacted it four times. Four times, four different times, and it did not crush her. Yeah, that guy was angels. She just had angels with her. I was like, yeah, that that's one of those situations. It just wasn't her time. It's not your time. She was dumpster diving wow. and tried to lie about it. That says maybe you never know. She was hungry. <laughs> uh, well, in her own dumpster? Was it, a, what, what, was it an apartment complex? Where that's was, what she says, her apartment complex. So Yeah, maybe she was then. I don't know. She could have she found something in there that she liked, like something to throw away. Somebody said they it. need to check her blood alcohol level. I'm sure that was done. You never know. She might have been drunk and climbing and looking for. Looking for what? I will admit that I did have to dig in my own trash can the other night, which is this big blue recycle bin because I dropped my phone in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. I went to throw something. I was just kind of half paying attention, and I dropped the phone. And then just fell right to the bottom. I meant to throw the box in there, and I threw my phone. I was like, oh. And it was. Okay, go get it. So maybe she had to dig in there for. I don't know what. There's too many many questions. But she's fortunate to be alive. That is amazing. That That is is horrifying. 
That is, like I said, I, I would have been screaming blood. I don't even know. I guess I would have been able to climb out. She's 60, so she couldn't climb out. She was too old to climb out. Uh, she wasn't strong enough to climb out, right? That's basically what happened. Uh, yes. Yeah. I okay. think that's probably fair. Wow. All right, let's get to uh, Setlist ATX. He's coming a little early because he's got work to do, and we appreciate yeah. that. He is our man. Uh, Nick Shuley from the uh, hey. Austin Music Movement, What's the up, president Nick? of that great organization. Also uh, doing great work with the NIL space and Clarkfield Creative and about a million other things. What's going on there, Nikki? Oh, not too much. What's up with you guys? Hey, did you attend the uh, Texas-Houston game on Big Monday? I did, man. It was, uh, it was a heck of a game, but uh, it, was, it was a tough, tough ending. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard from a lot of people that say it was the best crowd that maybe they've ever been to as far as energy level at a Texas basketball game ever. Ooh, I, ooh, man, I don't know. The, no? Uh, yeah, the Gonzaga game at home last year and okay. the, uh, the Creighton game were pretty pretty darn electric. So I don't yeah, know. I remember I was at one of those. I was at the, uh, the, the Creighton game, and you're right about that. So I just wanted to see where the comparative level was. Uh, but, you know, how do you judge something like that? It yeah. depends on who you're sitting around and where you are. I but, mean, it was an incredible uh, atmosphere. <laughs> Especially in the second half when they made that run. I'm sure at halftime it was kind of dull, but uh, that, that 14-4 run, second half to take the lead, and maybe, man, they're going to they maybe pull this thing out, but too many offensive boards allowed and uh, too many missed shots and free throws. That was, that was frustrating because it does feel like the Longhorns are, are kind of close, but at the same time you look up at their record and you know they're 3-5 and, and, and way at the bottom of the Big 12. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see which way they go. I mean, this team is you, when you watch their talent level, they're capable of you know they're capable of winning the conference. But it's just a matter of doing it night in and night out, which is obviously the key in Big Twelve play. And you got to go through that gauntlet. And uh, I think it feels like they're kind of finding it though. You know, that game it was just those those little errors. It was the missed free throws, and I mean the the offensive rebounds killed us. But props to Houston, man. They play. That team plays so physical. They are fun to – I've watched them a bunch of times this year, and I really like what – Samson's got them playing great basketball, and those three guards are just nasty, like Cryer and, Sh- and Sheed or Shed or however you say his name. Shed, yeah. Uh, they're, yeah. they're fun to watch. Um, we'll tell you about uh, Nick's Brotherhood podcast. I'm sure there's a new episode oh, yeah. coming on that, also the third and Longhorn podcast he hosts. Uh, but it's all about set list ATX, and as I mentioned, I was looking at the, the, the rundown you sent. It does feel like uh, the big shows and uh, some really great music starting to roll back in here as we wrap up January and get into February. Yeah, it's de- definitely starting to cruise. There's some big ones this week, so I'm, I'm excited for this week. <laughs> well, let's launch it with tonight. So we go from Wednesday to next Tuesday, and Nick uh, gives you the roadmap to where the best shows are, including tonight at Moody. Moody Center's hopping this weekend uh, for sure with shows pretty much every night. For sure, yeah. Uh, tools, tools tonight at the Moody Center, and if you haven't seen that band live, that brand, that, that band will rattle your eardrums. I got to see them. I think it was at the Cedar Park Center once, and they just absolutely crushed it. It's uh, it's a very very awesome show to watch, and the, their fans, their fan base is so dedicated. Like it will be a cool show. It's very interesting to watch, though. There's not like a ton of interaction with the crowd or anything like that. It is just a straight up performance and it is it's it's it'll you know kind of rattle your rattle your cage. <laughs> I love it. And they and, bring it, huh? Yeah. All right. So Tool Moody Center tonight. Also there's a good one over at ACL Live at the Moody Theater. Yeah, big artist, a very fun, interesting artist to watch if you've seen him at uh, ACL or any of these other places. Oliver Tree will be ACL Live. I don't even I, I don't know how to describe that. I don't think there's really I mean it's like psych rock slash i don't i've seen the guy skateboard on stage like i don't i don't you don't know what you're gonna see but he's a he's really fun fun to watch (laughs) oliver tree tonight okay then tuesday night another one at the moody yeah thursday yeah we got a uh i'll never forget seeing this uh the reckless cassette tape in my mom's car growing up Uh, brian adams brian not ryan will be at the moody center 
with Dave Stewart from Eurythmics. So you can, uh, I, I believe Annie Lennox will not be there, but you'll be able to see, you know, Sweet Dreams and all those classics by Eurythmics too. But, uh, you know, Brian Adams got Summer 69, Run to You, all those hits. <laughs> Yeah, slippery when wet. Oh, that was Bon Jovi with slippery when wet. <laughs> yeah, he was cuts like a knife. Cuts like a knife. Yeah, <laughs> Brian Adams, the Canadian rocker. Oh yes, uh, which is pretty good. But with the with the Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics, that's pretty cool. That'll yeah. be an interesting crossover con- uh, concert. Yeah, big big '80s moment for for the '80s folks. And then over at O Four Center, really good, uh, kind of a lot more quiet. But uh, Jeffrey Focalt, who's a good Americana artist, will be over there. And that place has just beautiful sound in the in the church. And then on Friday, there's a cool one at Bass Concert Hall. It's uh, Brett Goldstein doing stand-up. For, and for those of you that don't know, he is uh, uh, Roy Kent on Ted Lasso. So he's also like a stand-up comedian. You know, is a, I think he's a producer on Ted Lasso, but he does, a, he does kind of a, a whole show and set. And so he'll be at Bass Concert Hall on Friday. Like it. That's uh, Brett Goldstein, if you're the stand-up uh, comic side. Also, Paramount Theater on Friday. Yeah, le- le- obvious legend Terry Allen will be at Paramount, and he puts on a fantastic performance for any for anyone who hasn't seen him. Stoney LaRue will be at Green Hall, another good uh, Texas-slash-I believe Oklahoma country artist. Uh, and then Ocean Blue, another early 90s, kind of late 80s style music. They'll be playing two nights at ACL 310 at ACL Live on Friday and Saturday. And I guess they're doing classic albums. I, I'm, I wasn't as familiar with that band, so I did a little deep dive into them. So, so it's a little little before my vibe, but it's, it's good stuff. And then, obviously, the, the biggest one for, uh, at least for me and, and growing up, uh, this was the, the first band my dad and I connected on, which was the Eagles. And I, uh, that was my first concert I ever went to was at uh, Memorial Stadium at the time. I don't think it was Royal Memorial Stadium yet, but the Eagles played there. I think it was in 95. And that was that was the first time I, I ever went. That was ninety four. So. Was it? Yeah, uh, yeah ninety four. Was it on the field? Like it was on the yeah. field at DKR. I thought I was fifteen, so I, I, I thought ninety five. But yeah, who knows? But yeah, it was actually on the on the football field there. Pretty cool. And so they'll be playing the Moody Center, and I'm taking my dad to see that. So it'll be fun. And they're doing two nights, right? Tonight, yep. uh, Friday night, and Saturday. Friday night. and Saturday. So they'll they'll be back to back. The tickets are a little steep, but it's uh, it's worth it. I'm, I'm doubting we'll get to see them tour again. So that's. Uh, That'll be a cool one. And then a band I really dig is playing Saturday night, this band Military Gun, who are kind of punk, more punk rock music. They'll be over at the Mohawk. A good indie rock band, The Lagoons, will be an Empire Control Room. Uh, another cool indie rock band will be outside at Scoot In, Mickey Darling. And then for all you Storyville fans, Malford Milligan will be at the Saxon Pub on Saturday night, as well as another night at Stony LaRue at Green Hall. And then over to, over to Sunday, uh, Will Johnson, of, uh, who, who used to be in Centromatic, he's a fantastic Americana artist, one of our best in Austin. He'll be a ballroom at Spider House. And then Brett Goldstein from Ted Lasso will be doing a smaller performance over at Paramount, which will be a cool, a more intimate setting to see him in. And then Monday, we've got the BMI Songwriter Series, which if you haven't checked that out, it's a nice little songwriter round of up-and-coming local talent and they do a really good job of kind of cherry picking some some ones to watch they've had some bigger artists come through there before they were who they were so that's a good one to check out as well as after that lonely land will be at the saxon pub like they like they usually are with bob schneider etc and then tuesday squirrel flower who's kind of a, a very interesting indie rock band they'll be over at ballroom at spider house all right, there we go. And the Eagles rolling through. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how much money the Eagle, Don Henley and the Eagles have made on these tours. It seems like they've been doing it 
continuously for quite a while, and it's been like the long goodbye tour, and then the yeah, the last we're tour almost since, goodbye tour. Since, yeah, since like two thousand, they've been doing it. <laughs> Good for uh, them. They realize that they can just sing these same songs people love, and they're damn right. They just rake in money. They still mm-hmm. sound fantastic too. Like they they I, I I enjoy every time I go see them. Well, and remember now with with the passing of the great Glenn Fly Glenn Fly Glenn Fry, who was one of the founding members along with Don Henley, uh, Vince Gill. Vince Gill has uh, stepped into to that role, right, and sings yep. the, the the Glenn Fry parts and plays a great guitar. He crushes and so it. it's so it's and he is such a great vocalist and guitar player. Nashville it was where he made his fame, but you know he he was he he has said in, in interviews, Rod, that he was just blown away when they asked him to do it. He's like, I love all these songs. These are all my favorite songs. Yeah. Of course I'll I know go. them anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh well, man, everyone knows them. They're all you sing along to every lyric. Uh, Vince Gill with Don Henley, Joe Walsh, of course, you know, doing the guitar and the vocals. Timothy B. Schmidt and Deacon Fry, the son of the, and this is the real cool part, the son of the late Glenn Fry is a part of the tour. So you oh, do still cool. have the Glenn Fry mojo there. Um, so, But Vince Gill has stepped into that role, and I'm sure those will be, I know several people going and very jealous, and I'm glad you're going to see it. That's pretty cool, full circle for you, Nick, to have gone with your father in the uh, mid-'90s, uh, DKR now, Moody Center, as you're, you're both – grown adults now that's pretty cool i like that yeah we don't miss when they come or don henley comes it's one of those that it's 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 just unspoken i just buy tickets and then we go <laughs> yeah well remember my uh don henley when it, you you know where my daughter goes to school rod and ty is uh north texas and they have a great music program at north texas and uh, don henley i don't think he no. finished there i don't think okay. he finished because when he was at north texas uh doing music because he's from east texas don henley and when he got to north texas he met there Kenny Rogers. He That's it was like a crazy. happenstance meeting with Kenny Rogers, wow. who was in a different. It wasn't even Kenny Rogers by himself at the time. He was in a different band. I think it was called Shiloh. And he liked Don Henley, and that's when and that's when Henley moved out to Los Angeles <laughs> on the suggestion of Kenny Rogers, and obviously the rest is history. But uh, North, North Texas, also Nora, Nora Jones went to North Texas. And, yeah, tons oh, wow. of great bands have come out of that Denton scene there. Like they have a, a really good music scene there. Yeah, I mean, it's a North Dallas and North Fort Worth have all grown into Denton. But, man, if you get to downtown Denton, it's a cool – it's kind of a hippie vibe. It really is. It's a, And there's a lot of music, and uh, there's a cool scene there in uh, in Old Town Denton. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to have the Eagles rolling back through here in a Texan cool. like Don Henley. Well, enjoy that show, Nick. Tell us about your podcasts and uh, what's going on. You've got the Brotherhood and you've got the Third and Longhorn. Where do we stand on those? Because I know people who listen to this show also love to watch those when they can find them. Yeah, third, third and Longhorn. We got a bunch of bunch of good episodes coming up that we've taped them. Rod and I, and uh, you know uh, Derek Johnson and Alex Okafor and Fozzie Whitaker and Jeremy Hills all get together and uh, make fun of each other and get to interview cool people. <laughs> so it's it's been a it's been a good time. We've got uh, we had a uh, Kelvin Banks come out last week, and uh, we got some some big ones coming up in the next few weeks. So so stay tuned for that. And it's at, you can find it at third like three R D third and Longhorn dot com. And then we also got the Brotherhood podcast, which right now is an absolute moving target with Royale's uh, NBA schedule. We are we are working hard to to get the next episode <laughs> recorded. So that's the hardest part of of trying to trying to yeah. tape it in between. Plus, he's on the road a lot of the time, or they have yeah. you know different team meetings will come up and things like that. So we're we're getting it, but we'll have we'll have a new episode coming in the next uh, hopefully I'd say week to be safe, but we will. And that's at Brotherhood B R U T H E R. Uh, man, H O O D. Gosh, man, I had just a complete blank there. The spelling's the only thing I'm good at in the world. That was, uh, man, I need it's a good coffee. Day, baby. 
Yeah, I promise. <laughs> I promise. I know how to spell. I love that. Well, that that. Uh, how was Kelvin Banks, by the way? And Rod, you can speak to that too. You so you met him. How was that to be around? I mean, he's such a quiet young guy. Yeah, he's mature, man. Beyond his years, is Nate, he? Nate he, can tell you. Yeah, he's such a special kid, man. He is uh, just a, a sweetheart of a human, and I, I think. Uh, I think it was uh, Derek Johnson asked him kind of like, how, who are you on the field? Because when you meet the kid, you're like, how are you this, you know, pancake laying guy out on the field? And, and he just, <laughs> you know, he just says he, you know, he kind of turns it on there. There's different things. If people start chirping at him, it kind of gets him going. And uh, he's just he's just such a such a nice human being. And, it, and uh, he's such a good ambassador for the program. And there there's some of those kids. And, you know, we got to interview C.J. Baxter. That one will be coming out in a while. And C.J. is it, it, like the kid will just blow you away. That's uh, I don't know, Rod, how you felt about CJ, but I was just I'm just so impressed oh, yeah. day in and day out by him. He's he's such a nice and like just a great ambassador for the program. Yeah, he's not what I expected either. Uh, in a good no. way. Yeah, old soul. Really, for, for sure. Yeah, very old soul. Yeah, and he uh, he he let it out that you know like Edron James and and Chris Johnson were huge yeah. fans of his that like came to his games in high school just because they heard about him and then ended up kind of befriending him and and teaching How him. How cool is that? It's, it's so cool, man. So, and yeah, and you, awesome. when when you meet him, you get it. You're like, yeah, I would I would want to hang around this kid too. Yeah, yep, that's really cool. Uh, all right, good stuff right there with uh, Nick with a variety of things from uh, UT World and uh, music, of course. Uh, which is pretty cool. So uh, looking forward to hearing stories of that Eagles concert coming up. Uh, this says, saw the Kelvin Banks episode, why Jay Hill's trying to break that man of good manners. That's pretty funny from the coach. <laughs> he, kept calling, the he kept calling Hills, sir, and Hills gets really mad when, when uh, people think he's older than he is, I think. So I don't even know he how old, old he is. is he, he is old. Yeah, that's what Rod kept saying. Rod's like, Rod's like you are old, man. It was pretty old, funny. Man. You can be a sir. He's a 20-year-old guy. Man. Exactly. That's sir to you. Yeah, he, and like, he's such a respectful kid. And, like, and we were all like, don't change who you are, Kelvin. Don't listen to Hills. So. <laughs> that is so cool. Hey, so um, – uh, I know I, I just noticed that we didn't give away the uh, tickets to the Heritage Songwriters Showcase on February 24th. I know whenever Nick does come in to do the set list, you uh, usually tip, bring something for our audience to be able to get out and see some live music. Do we have a, a pair of tickets to give away for that? Yes, we do. Mr. Joe Abels and the great, the great folks over at Texas Heritage Songwriters are, are going to give away two tickets again, and I think we'll keep doing it leading up. Uh, on February 24th, like, I, I can't brag on this show enough. They've got This year they've got Ronnie Dunn. Emmy Lou Harris, Miranda Lambert, Lyle Lovett, John Randall, Jack Ingram. It's just a, a, a like a murderer's row of hitters. And then and so we'll give away two tickets for that. And for those that, that don't know, the night before, this is kind of an insider tip. I can't tell you where it is, but they do a songwriter round, and they've got Parker McCollum, Dirks Bentley, and Emmy Lou Harris. And the only way to get into that one is to be a sponsor, though. So you got to go to TexasSongwriters.com and figure that out. But it is bo- – both events are just such a – awesome celebration of great music in this in this state and they just do a really really good job it's it's my favorite thing to go to during the year and i have i have no skin in the game on this one it is it's awesome well i've already asked if you will save me a couple tickets for that uh, particular show (laughs) Uh, and i will be taking in some live music this weekend too nick and uh, ronda i've been invited to the rodeo austin gala downtown uh, as they launch the rodeo and i believe robert earl king is performing at the rodeo austin gala uh, so looking forward to that. That'll be Saturday night. So uh, thanks to my friend Charlie Wilson over at Callahan's General Store. He's invited us to come be at his table 
at uh, Rodeo Austin in their gala, which launches the uh, uh, Austin Rodeo for 20 and 24. So we'll have stories to tell on that, and uh, looking forward to that. That's what we do to get you ready for the weekend. It's get you over the hump on a Wednesday. Thank you, uh, Nick. Appreciate that. Caller 5 will pick up those tickets at 447-3776 to the Texas Heritage Songwriters Showcase coming up uh, later next month. But pick up those tickets now. Coming back, Rod will have his second rant of a Wednesday. Thank you, Nick Shuley. Thanks, Thanks guys. Nick. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butt. All right, a couple of topics here. Uh, shout out to my man CB at Chris GB002000. I was doing a great job as kind of an unofficial producer. We've talked about the Cowboys um, culture right now and how uh, toxic it seems, fan base in disbelief, um, and, and the players' families coming out and speaking publicly about some of the issues the Cowboys have. Uh, remember we talked about Tad Prescott, Dak Prescott's brother, who uh, tweeted out after the loss to the Packers, Cowboys fans, why continue to DM me? Now, this is in regards to other stuff. This is rumors about the NFL. So he's not talking directly about the game. He's talking about the rumors and all the talk about Dak Prescott and how limited he is and Dak Prescott's and, uh, you know, he's a guy that can't win the big game and he doesn't have the clutch sheet and all that kind of stuff. And he, people, Cowboys fans, obviously reach out to him. And his uh, statement via Twitter was, Cowboys fans, why continue to DM me? Trust me, if I could get Dak to leave Dallas, I would. I, too, want him out of Dallas. The city and organization have been great to he and our family, but done with drama and the so-called fans. But he loves this team and wants to bring it rings. That was Tad Prescott after the game. And then remember Terrence Parsons, Michael Parsons' brother, he tweeted, he quote tweeted a a Pro Football Focus article, and that was talking about the highest-graded defenders from the – the, the weekend, uh, that wild card weekend, and they mentioned Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner as the highest graded uh, defenders from that game. And his quote tweet was, this is why Micah at linebacker first and second down with the option to rush the passer is what we will always need, and we pay him what he's worth regardless because we want to win championships. He also went on to say um, that I can't uh, – basically, I can't wait because y'all are really clueless out here. L- in, laugh my blank off the greatest crimes to this man talking about his brother is being done by his own organization y'all gonna miss him when he gone i don't even know why he's talking about michael parsons potentially being gone um and then remember that was cd lamb's mom who went on facebook (laughs) to say in all caps dak isn't it (laughs) and uh in addition to that she said they need to get rid of his blank it's guys on that team that wants a ring they work too hard um and that's family. That's family members of very notable players. That's some of your best players. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Parsons, Dak Prescott, adding to the toxicity. Well, now apparently there's another family member that's decided to step up. Shots my man CB. Oh, boy. Yeah, Michael Parsons' mama. No. Yeah, Micah mama. Micah's mama's in it now. Micah has not responded. Remember the Jesse Holly comments? We talked about the Jesse Holly comments. If you haven't heard them, just to summarize them, essentially – he said, uh, Michael Parsons, to me, this is just me, is probably the most selfish player on this football team. One of the reasons why Michael Parsons does not want to play linebacker, it's too much of a responsibility. 
Um, and he also went on to say that he doesn't study as much as he should. He criticized him for not cultivating camaraderie amongst the teams, and he didn't have players over to his house. Very specific things that, trust me, as a former player, it's okay to critique and criticize, but unless you got firsthand knowledge or unless that is coming from a source you truly trust, the call is coming from inside the house kind of thing, then you can't just go on you know, national media, national TV, or go on a public platform and dog a player to the extent. You can hint around it when you got you know, ideas and sources about what's going on, but unless you have direct knowledge, to get that specific is dangerous, which means... I think he had I think he had direct knowledge because Jesse Allen actually does really good work. And usually he's not going to throw something out there just, you know, willy-nilly, frivolously just throwing it out there unless he's got something to back it up. So here's what Michael Parsons' mom had to say in response to Jesse Holly's comments. She went on social media and said, <clears throat> uh, this is a this is this take is funny how someone can assume something about someone they never talk with. Michael wants to play DN <clears throat> and linebacker. How often has he said he wanted to be, quote, the chess piece? He doesn't know we have the D-line over for dinner and the chef cooks help build camaraderie in the defense. They do a D-line dinner every Thursday. How many times have they shown him on the sidelines assisting other players or they went to the boxing gym together? He even recruited other D-line players to train with him uh, this offseason to help him improve, help them improve as a unit. He watches film, and do people realize as players they have to be at practice and meetings for 10-plus hours most days? Uh, the only day they have off is Tuesday. He doesn't see the sacrifice treatments and therapy he does when he gets off work and try and keep his body healthy and regroup from getting banged up. How many times he got hurt and went back out to play? He could have stayed out. He went back in to try to get a win for his team. Micah doesn't like losing. He's angry after a loss. He's angry when he feels he could have played or done better. That's not a selfish player. Yes, he wants to be the best at what he does, make it to the Hall of Fame, or win defensive player of the year. Is it a crime to want to achieve great things in life? You want someone on your team who wants to go to win a Super Bowl. He's manifesting, speaking about all, all those things all the time. He desires as a cowboy. So, Jesse, before you talk badly about someone, sit down with them and ask those questions before you assume. That's Micah's mama. Oh, and by the way, that was put out there. I believe uh, Terrence Parsons is the one that tweeted out his mom's message. So oh. his brother is the one that Terrence Parsons Jr. He said, when my mom's got to come in and say something, that's how you know y'all dead wrong in all caps. <laughs> and an emoji couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, I mean, as I, I stood on that uh, conversation <laughs> we had yesterday about Jesse Holly and those comments, I mean, they were <laughs> so pointed. And so specific, which I guess would mean pointed. But at the same time, mm. if you're Jesse Holly and you're 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 rising in that career, that's dangerous. Um, you're going to ruffle the wrong feathers unless you have it on great authority, mm -hmm. and unless it was like you, you. I don't know. We, we, you know, we're opinion makers. That's what we do. I've done it for a long time in this market. You have to, you know, take the good with the bad. You got to make comments about football mm -hmm. coaches and basketball coaches, and um, you, then you got to see them and cover them, and you know, this is how that goes. That's just, that's just the way of this industry. You got to be critical, right? You got to call like you see it, or else you're not going to last for long. Uh, but you know, in Dallas, where the Cowboys are king, no matter what the Rangers do or the Mavericks do, and you're Jesse Holly, who played on that team. I mean, you're calling out the best piece of the team, yep, in real specific manner, yep. And uh, I, there's got to be a motive to it. I guess is the point. There's got to be. You don't just do that because you you know you woke up on the day you're doing your podcast and you want to talk about Michael Parsons. This was 
I don't say you know, is choreographed the word or is he went on for like five minutes. Yeah, it was. It was alone. There's a reason for it. <laughs> And so I don't, I mean, it was, we've speculated, maybe it came from someone within the organization that wants that message out there. Because mm-hmm. um, Jesse Howley knew he was going light to light a fire here. He's a former player. He knows that. He knows what this is going to, he knows it's going viral, that we're all going to be talking about this across the country. Yeah. Well, and here's the problem well, for him. If he's, is what he's doing, podcasts and media, well, he's going to be persona non grata, not just with Micah Parsons for that whole locker room. Exactly. So and he's he knows gonna, that. Yeah, well, okay. So he's, he's excommunicating himself from the locker room. In real time to to achieve what? I think to get a message out there that maybe someone on the inside wants out there, and it's someone high up because, like you said, why risk yeah. your credibility with the guys and and risk your obviously your standing with the players with this message? Because you know what I mean? Because I don't know if the obviously no players are going to be on your side with this message. To me, that would be coming from either front office or coaching. Oh, for sure. And, but the right. question is, if I'm Jesse Holly and I'm no longer a player and I'm in media now, yeah, i got to be careful here because yeah. you want me to say what? Well, I don't want to do that. Use somebody else to be your vehicle um, because what am I getting out of this? What, I, do I have... Exactly. He's going to get – there's a quid pro quo coming. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll get my – exactly. This is what this – this, no, I get you it. You know this business well, that, side works. He's well, like, well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering yeah. is what is the, the – This is the, his theory, by the way, folks. This is a theory by us. We're not – we don't have sources on this. this yeah, but is what, is, what is he going to get out of this? That's the next – that's my question. All right, what if he is doing this and, and you know, putting out the code red for the organization? We'll get insider info from now on from that person. Like, hey, man, well, you, know, you can always call me. I, I got you back. You need insider info on this? I'm your call. You got a true insider now. And which he already did, but I think most of his insiders were players. I think but, most of his information came from players, and maybe it won't come from players anymore, at least not from this locker room. That's what I'm thinking. And that's, that's <laughs> yeah. because as someone who does this and you're trying to weigh, okay, am I ready to burn this bridge to gain this bridge? Exactly. Uh, because that's, that's big, right? If you're, if you're no longer liked as a, from the player's side. From Mike, Mike is going to be there for 10, 10 years. Yes. <laughs> and he, he will forever hate you. Yeah. Um, for whatever the reason. Is that worth it? I, yeah. I don't know. That, that, and, and, that, I, that, that, that's a scale thing. I was like, okay, yes, I now have the uh, ultimate insider inside the, to bring the scoop. But, you know, I would have tried to leave that to someone in the media. Yeah, and say, and say, it does, say our, our conspiracy theory doesn't apply at all. Let's say it's not the calls are not coming from inside the house. This is Jesse uh, Holly acting alone and going rogue. Then what's the motivation to be, like you said, to be so pointed, to be so specific, and to the, for the critique to be, ooh, to be so hard, harsh? It's a harsh critique. You can, you, you can he, he knows how to soften it. We all know how to soften it. You can soften it. You've had things that you've been told that I can say it this way or I can soften it. I'm going to soften the edge on this thing a little bit. He could have softened the edge and said exactly what he said. As Craig Way once told me, it ain't what you say, it's how you say it. He could have said it a certain way. He did not. He said, selfish player. He went out of his way to say he does not have players over to his house to cultivate camaraderie. Doesn't study. Doesn't study. These are, come on, man. He's in, for, he's in it for Micah. Right. You could have, you could have, you could have phrased that a different way. He did not. He chose. And Chess House is a. Trust me, he's a very articulate. He chose those words carefully. Yeah, because well, you know the next steps. I mean, Micah Parsons is going to have his mom jumping onto his brother's Twitter <laughs> right? account to refute it to protect her baby. And I would guess the next phase will be there's someone from the Cowboys that will come out and refute that and say, "Yeah, oh, that's not true. No, we support Mike 100 percent." Well, so now with the your who's your who's your consumer? The people who listen to your podcast. Well, now you're 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 screwed with both of them. Because oh, well, the, the organization's saying you're dead wrong, uh, Jesse. The players say you're dead wrong. His mama says you're dead wrong. Well, what do you write about? And then, then you have to come back with, okay, here's why I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's your proof? I mean, what's your evidence? Because to your point of softening it, it could have been, hey, you know, I wish Micah would study a little more. Yeah. 
I wish Micah was a little more of a team guy and would have some people over. Those aren't – those are just suggestions. As a former player, it would have been nice. He's going to have to be the leader of this team, tip of the spear. Talk about your experience. Your experience, Nick, yes. Uh, yeah. No, he wasn't. It's, that, that, that's when I heard it yesterday and thinking, whoa, there is an ends to a means here. But is then he? I started thinking, what is, the, what is the end? I don't know either. I what is either. the reason? It feels for like kind of everything coming out of the Cowboys organization right now is all mixed messaging. <laughs> None yeah. of it makes sense. You're trying to piecemeal it all together. It, it doesn't have really any, I don't know, it doesn't have any consistency to it, yeah. to what's coming out. Because you can't burn your source, but at the same time, you've now burned the locker room and your coverage of your ability to be in that locker room. Because I would think, and then knowing how this industry works, Rod, and you're the former player, I'm the radio guy. You know his 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 best relationship should be with the players. It is because when people tune, I think so. Yeah, right. When so when yeah. people tune in to hear his show or whatever he does, they want to hear the player, player perspective. perspective and what are the players talking about. And um, you know this it's almost like it's really weird. That's a really weird. And Jesse Holly's a very liked guy. He's great. Yeah, I love his analysis. I listen to it all the time. Yeah. I still do. But that 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 shocked me. And I, I'm saying, I wonder what the motivation. What's the what's the motive there for? Him? Yeah, what's the carrot for him to do that? It's is something. The question. It's something out there. And, he just hadn't and, picked I, it up and I also would would ask him, is that worth it? Like, because you're going to lose a lot here, uh, as far as access to that locker room, access to players. You want guys to come on your show. Mm-hmm. Um, you want them to give you information where you need it. You know, going after is, is it right to go after the lion of the locker room? I mean, the 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 lion of the prairie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He's got his own podcast and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that is such an intriguing – this whole – this Cowboys thing, it, it's almost like it's, it's shaken. Uh, yep. There was such anticipation that this was the year they finally, you know, won the division, two home playoff games. Now we've got Jerry Jones out sending mixed messages all over the place. Hanging around the rim. Parents and relatives and everybody is weighing in. You know, we had a really kind of an honest uh, like self-critique was uh, Stephen Jones. I'll send that sound to Ty. Stephen Jones, I think, probably he admitted that the fans don't, they basically distrust the Cowboys and they shouldn't trust them. He said that. I'll send that sound to Ty. I was, I was like, I was floored by it. I was like, wow. Well, let's play that coming back and who said that because you'll tell us who said it, but we want to hear it anyhow. Uh, we'll hear Stephen Jones coming back, the Cowboys. Uh, president of football operations with his dad's the general manager and owner of course we'll have that coming back plus some other who said that audio from around the landscape good stuff with rod's rant pick it up on the other side with hook him up with ian rodby we're most concerned about the crash on the southbound side of i-35 your 1431 of the round rock area got a backup to uh, highway 29 just south of there actually so we are stop and go through there a research boulevard 183 north is backed up likely a crash uh, between Anderson Mill and McNeil, you are stop and go. You shouldn't be this late in the 9 o'clock hour, but you are. And southbound on Mopac, Toll Mopac, Wells Grant Parkway to Palmer. That is still slow. Most of the stuff uh, happening in uh, North Austin and the Round Rock area. That's where the trouble spots are at the moment. And now we have a crash at Schofield Farms and West Palmer Lane, another uh, North Austin collision. On the south side, a couple of crashes on Slaughter. One at Cullen, another at Manchac. I'm Don Miller, and there's your traffic. Callahan's General Store, folks, we told you the big news from golf with the PGA Tour now locking up with the Strategic Sports Group. The announcement today as they tee off out of Pebble Beach today. And uh, Callahan's, as we've told you, great place, great people, locally owned and family operated since 1978. And they've got your, your Western wares and your, uh, your, your everything to keep your yard in shape. And you, we always, people say, well, well, what does Callahan's have to do with golf? Well, the, A, the, the, my buddy Charlie and the team over there love golf, love golf in Austin. But they also want to let you know that they are your spot to keep your yard 
and your uh, your green spaces looking like a golf course year-round. And uh, the message is pretty simple. They can help you get there. Sometimes you go out to a beautiful golf course or a club, and you're just thinking, I mean, this is a, you know, per, just so pretty. It's always green, always looks great. That's what Callahan's can be for you and your yard if you go by consistently and uh, on a month-by-month basis and talk with the folks, get the right products, put them, put, be putting down the right uh, uh, fertilizers uh, and nutrients into your yard, the things that are going to make the flowers grow and your grass green, all those things year-round. It's just a system. It's just a cycle, and they're going to help you get there. Because if you're like me and you're a homeowner, you're thinking, man, I, I'd like to have that yard, but I just don't know how to do it, when on the calendar is the right time, what products are the best to use, how do I apply them properly. This is where Callahan cuts out all the question marks because you go in and you get to know and you meet the people at Callahan's. They'll help you buy the right products, apply them properly, and have that yard looking great year-round. We're in the winterizing time right now in dormant stages. Uh, there are key steps you can be taking to be ready for the spring when everything comes back to life, uh, and you need to be getting over to Callahan's and getting to know those people and they'll help you get your yard there. It's not going to happen tomorrow, but they can help get you there if you're consistent going in. Callahan's absolutely the best. They're our partners on the uh, tour of Central Texas golf courses, and they're your spot to keep your yard looking like a golf course. It's Callahan's General Store, 501 Bastrop Highway, between downtown and the airport. Uh, still here after all these years, 1978. The people separate Callahan's from anybody else, I promise you, at Callahan's General Store, online at callahansgeneralstore.com. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. Who said that? Who said that? All right, time for who said that. And, Rod, uh, on the way to the timeout, you teased who was going to be saying what. But uh, can you lead us into this Stephen Jones audio? Yes. So, because uh, Stephen Jones, uh, I guess, uh, along with his dad, Jerry, they were talking to the media, and he was asked about the uh, basically the disappointment that the fans have after the Cowboys regressed and lost in the wild card round. Here's what Stephen Jones had to say. We have had three good years of 12 and 5, and we have had major disappointments in the postseason. So until we do something about it, which is go have another great year and have success in the playoffs, and, you know, that's going to be there. I mean, there's no way they're going to, you know, explicitly trust you until you get it done. Can someone trust Tom Brady and the Patriots that they're going to get it done? Yeah, why? Because they did it year in and year out. Does someone trust Mahomes in Kansas City that they're going to do it? Why? Because they do it six years in a row. They're in the championship game. Until we compete at that level and we get the job done, then there's going to be doubt, and rightfully so. You know, it just, it may, it just to piggyback on that, you know how when you brought up those teams, you brought up the quarterback, which is why mm-hmm. we always go back to we the love, quarterback. We, we love our quarterback. It's well documented what we think about our quarterback. <laughs> All right, there you go. There you go. Now, look well, at Shield guy, and it was like, what about Dak, though? He's like, we love our quarterback. So, he, I mean, he actually seems to have the, the best – overall perspective of things he seems to be oh. most realistic and rational and reasonable sure about but the, where they are but you know what though and, and the follow-up question should not have been about Dak. it should have been about okay we get that but have you looked into the organization organizational structure for you guys and why you're not achieving to that level and why it's been such a long time those are the things i think fan because you can say that all you want that's great and i do agree with you on steven but there are some basic things we talk about that, that lead the Cowboys astray. And we know what the answer is. It's Jerry, right? Mm-hmm. And that's his dad. And that makes it a challenge, but it doesn't mean you can't ask the question. Because, you, because you're giving the fans credit to understand why they're frustrated, but what steps are you taking to change them? What steps are being taken to actually change the core problem that are leading to 25 to 27 years of mediocrity? Yeah. 
I think it's because they don't study the NFL. You study the NFL, all the teams he just mentioned, plus the other successful sure. teams over the last 15 years, you would, kind of how Sark did when he studied the college football playoff, you'd come to the conclusion there are several common traits, commonalities between these teams, and we need to try to replicate those as best we can. And the Cowboys don't do that. Uh, and have not for a long, long exactly. time. Because I think they know what the answer would be. And when that is not an option, mm-hmm. it's a non-starter for Jerry Jones to hire a general manager and step aside. Because uh, that's the answer, by the way. Uh, and have Jerry just go be the owner and not be the voice of the franchise. Hey, so um, can I play this for you? Yes, Speaking sir. of organizations that get it done and do it right, this was pretty interesting. I think you'll know who this is. Uh, two people. Uh, who said this? I think what separates him is not only his competitiveness, but his leadership ability and how he's very endearing to his teammates and his relatability. And he seems to say the right thing at the right time to spark the team. Is that something you've seen over the years or was that pretty natural for him since he got to your team? Yeah, I think I think it was natural. Um, he grew up in a locker room with his dad being a professional athlete. So uh, it's so hard to cross that line to be kind of part of management, coaches, and then be part of the locker room. And to still manage the locker room and the respect of the guys without them going, oh, man, you're just a yes man, you know, to the front office. And and he navigates that so easy, like you did. I mean, that's a t- that's tough. People don't understand that. And that locker room is a strong place, man. That peer pressure is as strong as it is anywhere uh, in any situation in life. And he handles that and does it gracefully. I appreciate how he how he operates. I have no idea. That's good. I have no idea who that is. It's Andy Reid. Uh, Tom Brady asking uh, Andy Reid about Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense, too, about his dad and everything. Yeah, professional racking baseball. racking my brain trying to figure out, like, who is that? That's Andy Reid. And that's okay. interesting because, remember, Andy Reid's been on the other side of that. Remember when Donovan McNabb was his quarterback? Oh, yeah. And Donovan McNabb, thanks to Terrell Owens and some other guys, got the reputation to be an company man. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're you're for the front office. You're not for us. Yep. And to hear Andy talk about that, how smoothly Patrick Mahomes is able to navigate from, you know, big pitch man, front office guy, mm-hmm. working with the coaches. Company man. Company man, but he's also a player's guy. Locker room guy, yeah. It's hard to do. I We've seen Donovan McNabb get crossed with that with, with Andy Reid. Um, we saw Russell Wilson in Seattle get Captain crossed man. with his locker room yep. because he was seen as, a, you know, a – Brown noser with the company. One of his own office, away from yeah, the locker yeah, room, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah that's, right. that's good stuff. And that's it's maybe something, maybe that's a, uh, a skill we don't talk about with Patrick Mahomes enough. We can certainly talk yeah. about the throws he can make and the ad lib and the just the, the sensational player that he is. But you, you've been in that Petri dish of a locker room, Rod. As he said, the peer pressure in that locker room is. Oh, man. <laughs> these a are, of, these a are lot of alpha males in there. <laughs> a lot of testosterone. Yeah, you want to be a leader of men. That's a that's a place to prove it, man. That's a proving ground for it. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously he produces, produces on the field, and they know he can take them mm. to great places, yeah, and that they, helps too. They, they like they, they can relate to him. Uh, they like him. It's pretty obvious. They locker room likes him. Yeah. That's the big difference. <laughs> they want to follow him. All right, we'll pick this up on the other side. We've got some more audio to play. Also, uh, Jerry Jones. Uh, we're in and around the rim. We are in and around the rim, the Dallas Cowboys. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. <laughs> 